Welcome to the Spirituality Out Loud podcast, where you'll hear real-life stories of people's unique spiritual journeys in their own words from their own viewpoints. Hosted by Leslie Seidel, relationship expert and spiritual mentor, who specializes in working with people on their relationships, from their romantic life to their work life and just plain life. Here's Leslie. Hi, everyone. This is Leslie Seidel here. I, uh, this week, we are so excited and lucky to have Eric Bensusson. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, Eric is a relationship and divorce coach. He helps people to overcome the emotional challenges of divorce, such as pain, anger, hurt, and confusion, so that they can move on and start to feel better. He supports people's healing process to reclaim their strength and confidence and joy, and he believes that you can experience a new way of being yourself through transcending divorce. It is my honor and privilege. I got to know uh, Eric a couple months ago, and I have just found him to be delightful, grounded, spiritual, and a really lovely light in the world. So I am so excited to get to uh, interview you and talk to you today. Hi. Hi, Leslie. Thank you very much for having me. This is such an honor to be with you today. Of course. So we're going to dive right in. You know, as we, uh, what I love to talk to people about is their spiritual experience. And so I like mm-hmm. to start in the beginning. So I would love to hear what religion or spirituality um, were you raised in? Was it talked about? Was it not talked about? Was it formal, not formal? Love to hear your path. Absolutely. Well, I was born in Morocco in a Jewish family. So I was raised as, a, as Jewish. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents were not very religious, but they were very uh, attached to all the traditions about it. So I grew up with, uh, with the presence of God. And for me, it, there was no doubt that there, there, was a, there was God somewhere. I didn't know really what it means at that time, but I really felt that there was something that I could talk to, that I could pray, that I could you know, just have a conversation when I was feeling bad. So that was my experience when I was a a little boy. And yeah, of course, I I, I also did my bar mitzvah, Mm -hmm. which is very, uh, something very special for a a boy in in a Jewish family. But then I started to question the religion because it was something didn't felt really right, but I didn't know exactly what it was. But it was a lot of, uh, you know talking about the sins, talking about what you should do, what you shouldn't do. So I was just in there and, I, and it was okay for, for a, a long period of time, but I didn't really feel comfortable with the, with the religion. Hmm. Well, that is so interesting to me. It is really beautiful that as a small child, you did have access, that it was, you know, one of my beliefs is that our spiritual life is a practical thing, not something left for Saturday or Sunday or a special confinement, but actually a practical tool to navigate the world. And it sounded like that's what you had as a small child. Absolutely. I didn't know where where it was coming from because my parents are not religious and they were never talking about gods or, or, or religion. But I just knew, you know, sometimes when I felt bad and I was going to sleep, I just knew that I could talk to someone and I was, I was praying, but it, it, it's strange because it was like very natural to me. 
I didn't know where it was coming from. I didn't talk about my parents about that. I didn't talk with my sisters about that. It was just natural. I knew that there was something else that I could, um, that I could have some support. Mm. I didn't know at that time how to use that tool, as you said, and has to, but I was just praying, you know? Yeah, it was an internal knowing. Exactly. Yeah, and I also love um, the bar mitzvah. I love that you had that initiation and that that was special and held and it transitioned so many people today. Sometimes we do have a container for it, but rarely is it held in this, held as a, as a, as a very important transition, right? We don't have these initiations. And in the Jewish religion and culture, right, I hear you discerning between those two. Um, you got to experience that. You got to be supported as you moved through this really intense initiation. Yes, absolutely. And, and you know, for me, the Bar Mitzvah was more like a celebration, uh, a celebration of, uh, of my tradition or where I was coming from. And, um, you know, the past being like uh, just a, a teenager and to start becoming a, a man. I don't think at 13 you can be really a man, but that's what the religion is, is saying. You become a man, you become responsible for your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't really know what it was about, but it was a lot about celebration and, be, and gathering family together and you know, just being joyful and enjoying like also the presence of the divine. But it was like, you know, it was like a, a fine thread, mm-hmm. but the most important was the celebration. So then you said as you got older, you started to feel lacking in that religion and you started to do a little bit of seeking. Can you tell me how that looked? Well, I didn't seek very much when I was a a young adult because I, um, you know, I met my first wife and she was an atheist, so she didn't believe in God in anything. So slowly I moved back to sensing a presence of God to not sensing anything at all. So for a long period of time, like maybe like 15 years, I just removed anything from my spiritual knowing. I, moved, I removed everything. So I was just living my life, you know? And I thought, okay, maybe there is no God and maybe there is nothing and maybe I just have to believe in, in humankind and, and that's it. That was my experience like for until I got like, maybe 32. Then around 32 to 34, I was starting to question myself again and say, okay, well, so you believed in God. Now you don't believe in God. What is, where are you exactly? And it, it start, I started to feel again the presence of God. I started to feel something else. And I started to, to feel, okay, there is much more than just living your life. There is something higher. And um, But I was not thinking for anything because my environment didn't believe in that so it was kind of a bit tricky to you know you know that there is something else but you can talk with your friends or with your your family so it and it all started when i uh divorced for the second time 
Okay, so so hold on, let me let me yeah. try and track this a little bit. So <laughs> sure. it sounds, I mean, this hat, this is so very common, right? Um, we have this higher power, we have the spiritual life, and then we seek outside of ourselves for that fulfillment, right? And sometimes it's a job, sometimes it's a career, sometimes it's a relationship, and, and life happens, right? And we get busy, Absolutely. and we get fulfilled in all of these other ways, and then something happens. So you were very clear that between 30 and 32, was there an event that happened that then started you seeking? Well, I was not happy at that time. Mm, yeah. <laughs> That's the event, you know, I was that not always the case. <laughs> I was not fulfilled. You know, I was a successful, successful entrepreneur at that time. I was having a lot of money, running after money, uh, um, you know, social time, family, you know. So you live your life, but you don't know why you live your life. So I, was lo- I, I started to look about, okay, what is it? Why am I here? What am I doing? Is it my path? And then I started to feel, okay, there is something wrong. I feel there, there is something wrong and there is something that I don't uh, access to and there must be something else. So that was the beginning to getting back to my spiritual path. Yeah, so again, it's this common theme of our society says, if you want to be happy, if you want to be joyful, if you want to be free, get money, get a career, get, for me, I just vividly remember it was this business card. I needed a business card and a title, right? Absolutely. Not only the money, but also that, as well as the relationship, right? As soon as the picket fence is in place, I will finally get to relax and feel that. And some of us, it sounds like you did, um, get to a place where you achieve that only to find that's not the, like how empty it is and how that's not the actual answer. Absolutely. That was, that's my life. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. And it's, but it's, that's such a depressing, hard spot to be in. I've worked with so many clients who get to this one space and they're like, I've done what you said I needed to do to be happy. And I'm not now what? And, and so it's so beautiful that you, you didn't stop there. You said, okay, I'm going to do this. So how did you start to seek? Tell me about that process. Well, after my, my second divorce, so I started to, to feel, okay, what's wrong with me? What, what, what is my life about? What do I want? What do I seek? You know, I was just gathering a lot of thoughts and it, it took me like maybe two or three years uh, to get back to a normal place that I could feel almost free. I, I wouldn't say absolutely free, but almost free. Mm-hmm. And I just started to, to travel. And I just started to travel on my own. So I went to Bali, I went to Asia, and I just started to be curious more about what is it to be spiritual. And I was seeking about people who were spiritual to get a sense of what was their experience. Uh, but since at that time, I, have, I had no idea what it was. And um, when I started to be interested about coaching, mm-hmm. then... I, when I started to feel a transformation in myself, getting coached by, by a coach, then I started to feel, okay, there is, there is me, there is my past, there is my circumstances, there is my challenges, but there is something inside myself that I don't have access to. 
So then that was my starting point. And, and I said, okay, now I need to know what is inside myself. Step by step, uh, I read some books, of course, and I was getting closer to nature. So going for walk, going, you know, going to the beach and feel that there was another presence within myself and from outside, from nature. Yeah, so I started to read books and I started to, to understand what was, what was this spiritual path I was on. And I was seeking for guidance. I was really seeking for guidance. So it, maybe it took me like two or three years to find the right, the right person who had same experience than me that could teach me something else that, that I already knew, you know? Ah, I love this. So what I hear you talking about is a couple of things. One, which is the travel. For me, what happened is that we do a lot of rituals in the United States, right? I know you're in Canada and from France, um, but they've lost their meaning, right? They lost the depth within them. You know, Christmas is about money and about presents and about this. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it's not about, you know, Christ anymore. And it's, it's also, you know, even if, it, even if you just look at the solstice, right? And then you go to Bali. I remember going to Bali and watching the offerings and watching how happy these people were. I remember thinking you have a dirt floor and you are more happy than most of the people I know. And they did offerings every day. They beautified their surroundings. They spent time in nature and being present and giving thanks. And I just started to connect dots as to what what it was, right? Like, and I hear you doing the same thing. Like it did take you a long time. Like it take you a while. So correct me if I'm wrong, but this is what I heard that you were lost. You, you went seeking and it not only took you a while to figure out, to find someone to help you, but it also took you a while to find out what you needed. I mean, is that absolutely. accurate? Oh yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and even when, 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 when you're on the spiritual path, you don't really understand everything because at some point in the spiritual path, and that was my experience, you have to surrender. You just have to stop resisting about everything in your life and you just have to surrender to what is, to your presence, but also to the divine presence. And then this is, this is how, for me, I shifted all my relationship and, and the relationship with myself it's when I really stopped resisting about everything. And I said, okay, I can't take it anymore. I had too many challenges in my life. And what is it that I don't get it? So now it was kind of, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> so bring it on. Tell me what to do. Tell me what, to, what do I have to hear? What do I have to, to, to go with? What do I have to seek? And the minute I started to, to stop resisting and really surrendering, I started to feel, uh, how can I explain that? I started to, first, I started to feel relief. And I started to experience some synchronicities, you know? So out of the blue, things were better in my life. Uh, I was connecting with the right people. I was uh, finding the right book to read. I was um, attracting new people in my life and more spiritual people, of course. So then you, you get to, to think about it and say, wow, this is so powerful. So you get to have a sense of this is not, not only a past, this is a way of living. And of course, 
as you move through that and as you embrace that path, you want more of that because it's working, because it makes you feel better. In my case, it makes me feel better. And it makes me feel to seek some better relationship with myself and within myself. And when I started that, I started to, to experience different, I used to say, what's wrong with me? And then suddenly I said, well, there is nothing wrong with me. This is just how I am. This is my circumstances. And why do I have to identify myself with my circumstances and my challenges? There is more about that. It's a learning process. So I started to calm down a little bit about whatever what was going on in my life. And I was at the stage of my third divorce, which was very challenging. But I started to say, okay, I have to trust that there is something better for myself. And now this is a way of living. So I'm going to start to ask for more guidance to the spirits. And I'm going to start listening. So when I say listening is paying attention to science, paying attention to what kind of people I meet in the street or at the coffee shop, what kind of people I connect on Facebook, what kind of people uh, will enter into my life, what kind of clients I will attract. So I will pay more attention to that. And I stopped being harsh on myself and stopped judging myself for everything that I've done. And it's really like you, you're going through a path of, uh, of forgiveness. Yeah. So I know a lot of people don't like the words forgiveness. And a lot of my clients, when they come to me, they don't want to hear about that. But this is it. At some point, you have to allow yourself to forgive for whatever didn't work in your life. And you just have to seek for the, for the learning, for the teachings about what you went through. And then you can get more guidance from life, more guidance from the universe or God, whatever is your belief, you know? Um, today, I'm not a religious person, absolutely not. And I don't define myself as Jewish anymore. This is part of my identity. I am more a spiritual being having a human experience. This is it. And whatever the religion you have, you just have to find the connection with the divine. And you said something very interesting in, uh, earlier about the, whatever is sacred. So what I seek in my life right now is whatever is sacred. So first, my sacred presence. And second, my sacred relationship. And what is sacred in life? So being grateful, going to nature, honoring um, the beauty of life, the beauty of nature, honoring the beauty of, of people that I meet, you know, kindness, uh, love, magic, whatever I can feel around myself. And this is how I live my life right now. That is beautiful. There is um, so much in what you just said that I want to talk about. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think one of the themes as I keep having this conversation and as I have this convert this convert this spirituality conversation with so many people in my world, it is um, beautiful and frustrating that repeatedly the answer is surrender and forgiveness. Mm. Repeatedly, no matter what your religion, no matter what your spiritual practices, over and over and over again, that is the first step, right? And um and I, I feel you, the resistance, I feel that resistance myself on a daily basis. <laughs> and it's almost always the answer. 
right? It's almost always the answer to sink into and to find those places of where's my, what is my 10%, right? And where is the universe? Where do I, where do I match? This, um, this person said recently that um, if you're on a boat and you're going in circles, it's because you started steering and your job is to row. Absolutely right? beautiful. Right? And it's like, oh yeah, my job is to row and to show up and to listen, right? That's what you kept saying. You paid attention to who showed up in your life. You paid attention to how that felt when they did and how it felt to be in nature, right? And how it feels how it feels to listen. Because what you also said was that synchronicity started showing up in your life. And it's been my experience that that synchronicity was showing up before. You just didn't notice it, listen to it, or do something about it, right? Right. Can you see that happening from before? You just didn't see them as that? Absolutely. Well, the universe will, will throw you a lot of opportunities in your life. But it's your choice to take them or not. So when you're distracted, when you, when you don't believe in anything, you know, and you're just seeking outside yourself for happiness and, and can you're not really responsible for your happiness, then you miss a lot of opportunities. You miss a lot of trains. So you stay at the, at the train station and you look everything around you and you don't move. So you, at some point you feel stuck. So yes. So when you start hearing like the whispers of the, of the, of the wisdom, the whisper of the, of the divine presence, you get, you pay more attention and, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I really feel disconnected from that. So it's, it's a practice, really being spiritual and being on a spiritual path. I have to say for myself, my experience, it's, it's a daily practice. And sometimes you get distracted because you get caught in life in so many things. And when you stop practicing that, you don't hear the voice anymore. But yeah. the, the beauty of that is as you go along the, the spiritual experience, you know how to get back more easily or quickly to being grounded and to hear the voice again. So, yeah. that, so that's one of the beauty. But it's really a practice and, and it's a daily practice. And if people are, are listening, that's one thing that I, I really want to make sure that people understand. Mm -hmm. Being on a spiritual path, this is not, yeah, suddenly you, you get it and then nothing else. Even I think the big gurus, the big teachers, they are still on a spiritual path. So until you die, you have to practice everything. And somehow the beauty of that is you don't know what's coming up through your life. You don't know what is, I don't know what is my future. I don't even know what's, what I'm going to do in one month. Or in, or, so I have a hard time expecting what's going to happen in, in five years. So I live my life on a daily, yeah, on a daily practice. And I do honor the present moment. So that's, that's where I'm at in my, um, in my spiritual practice right now. I do honor being present, being present for myself, being present for my friends, for my family, and not being distracted by anything else when I'm doing something. So this is kind of the flow that I am in right now. And it's, it's really fascinating because sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work. So you're still seeking for, for, for something. But I guess this is the experience and, um, and you just have to embrace that. That's beautiful. 
I did a, I was, I was on vacation in Kauai once and I, you know, when you're on vacation, it's so easy to be spiritual, right? <laughs> you have all this abundance of time and you're in this beautiful spot. Yes. And I was doing yoga and uh, it was on this tiny island. So it was with these like five people that did yoga together all the time. <laughs> and the teacher said over and over and over and over and over again, welcome to your practice. Mm. And, and at first I was a slightly annoyed. I was like, you said that earlier. Like, you know, like okay, I get it. <laughs> and, and then I just, because she said it so repeatedly, I started walking through my day and had that be my mantra. Mm-hmm. And so I was there with my family. And so in my interactions with my mother, it would go awry and I would sink back into old behaviors and I would just stop, give myself a moment and say, welcome to your practice. And it would just shift all of these things instead of i'm bad i can't believe i did that again i yelled <laughs> again you know and um to come back to the spot of how i can show up to the world with a mantra of welcome to your practice right it's such a freeing beautiful way to spend your day absolutely it's beautiful yeah because um, one of the points of this podcast is is to really allow others to have practical ways to move through their day and use their spiritual life. And you have already said so many of them, right? The, the welcome to your practice, the getting back in nature when feeling lost. These are things that, you know, when I'm unsettled and when I feel off or busy or I've got a big to-do list, it is so hard to say the answer right now is to go for a walk. Mm. Right. It's like, no, no, no. I've got things to do. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And I hear how you keep connecting back to self and back to the divine, whatever that is for you. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. There is something that I want to talk about is Mm -hmm. uh, recently I, you know, we talk about the, the spirituality, God, the universe, whatever. And one thing that really shifted for me like a few months ago is when I realized that there is no actually separation between me and the divine. Mm. And, that, and I think that that was uh, the piece that was missing in being Jewish in, in my religion. Because in, in every religion, I think... Uh, I might be wrong, but they don't teach you that you are fully connected and somehow the divine is within yourself. So that's what I believe now. So it gives us and it gave me a lot of power in my life. That means, okay, there is the divine. I can ask for anything I want, but I am also responsible for that. If the divine is within myself, I have everything I need. I wake up in the morning and I can be grateful and I have everything I need. So what is it that I want today? What is it that I want to experience today? What is it that I want to experience in the next few weeks? What's going to make me joyful this day, tomorrow, and after tomorrow? So you get a sense of being more powerful. And when I say powerful, it's not, it's, uh, not having power over people, but you get a sense of responsibility, integrity. And you also have to honor that because if you just keep waiting for a miracle to come, it may come or not, but actually you have a choice to do something about it because the divine is within yourself. That's beautiful. It's, um, 
I agree with all that you said. The interesting thing for me is I was raised really atheist. Like I just, I mean, that sounds like it was something active. It was, it never came up. It honestly just never, the subject didn't come up. And, um, and so my, and so when I started searching, I spent a lot of time trying on religions, right? And just mm. being like, I don't know, what do you guys do? <laughs> and, and, um, and so my experience, I love the Jewish religion. I, I, I thought about converting. I found the rituals so satisfying and so deeply calling to me. And, and so I think there's a piece of having coming in from a fresh eye and coming in in this place of show me how to connect, right? Mm. And, and, and because that was my lens, what I saw are giving people giving me practical ways to connect with that which was divine and holy, mm-hmm. and and so I think that there are uh, there is a shadow side and a dark side of all religions and all um, humanity. Right, we all have shadow, and that happens in all religions and all organizations. They're run by humans, and those humans have shadows, and those shadows. You know what I mean, like. Absolutely. And so it totally comes in. And I think that there is a divine presence in those organizations as well that that can call to different people, right? And can, you know, support different people in different ways. And I mean, the high holidays alone were such a beautiful, wonderful experience for me to say, mm-hmm. so you're taking just a week off to do this work wow, <laughs> which may or may not be your experience of it, but it, it was my experience, right? And so mm. I just, I want to honor everyone's experience of how they got to the divine. And I agree with you, it is your responsibility. It is my divine right and responsibility to do the work and show up. And I have access and power to that. And that piece is so beautiful, right? Absolutely. And one more thing that I want to add. So there is no right or wrong path to connecting to the divine or the universe. Mm -hmm. You just have to find your own path, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things, we've already touched on a lot of these things, but I'm I'm really curious, um, and I think you've already answered this, but if you have a specific thing you want to say, which is how does your now spiritual life uh, show up in your work, show up in your relationships. How does it lead? If it does, does it lead or um, inform these relationships? Yes, absolutely. You know, uh, there is one uh, belief that I have is uh, wherever you are, on, uh, whatever place you are in your life, it's meant to be. So, of course, in relationship, when you meet people in uh, you have the family that you are learning from. So I believe we chose our, our parents, but uh, even if, if you don't believe in that, you, you have the right family, even if, if it's a, a crazy family sometimes and most of the time, but you have the right family and you meet the right people. And sometimes you meet people, they're just going to go through your life, but it's, it's just to learn something about yourself. So this is also the path. So, of course, spirituality shows up in every way, in, in, in work, in uh, you. I do attract the kind of clients that I, that I can relate to and that can relate to me. So 
when I coach people, for example, it's like also I coach myself because whatever they bring into the table, either I've been there or either I'm still in there. So it's like a constant healing process. And of course, in relationship, the people you meet, I think you are supposed to meet these people to learn from them and to teach them something. Absolutely. I, uh, I just read somewhere where um, this, uh, this person, this spiritual person who I follow and who I appreciate, she, she posted something about getting really angry when people say this is for your highest good, right? <laughs> and I get that. I get that anger, right? I don't want to dismiss people treating you badly, right? Mm. At the same time, there's a way in which I'm not a victim, and I have a part to play and I have, a, I mean, children are different. There's a different dialogue around what happens to children. But tell me a little bit more about when bad things happen. How does it show up for you? How does your spirituality show up for you? Well, I'm still a human being. So when bad things happen to me, I, I still resist about it. But um, as I recall my, my, my spirituality and my inner guidance, I know that something's going to come up from that. So I, I start to count down and say, okay, whatever it is, this challenge, whatever bad thing it is, let's just embrace that. Don't fight that, Eric. Just go with the flow and see how you can change your perspective or how, what you can learn from that. And I do believe that there is something better coming up my way in any case and in any challenges that I'm going through. So I would say it, make it, it makes it easier. That doesn't say that you, you don't have to deal with the, with the bad things. You still have to deal with it. But, and you also, have, you also have a place, what I call my safe place, to come back. You know, whatever your, uh, your circumstances are, are, my safe place is within myself. My safe place is when I'm connecting with nature. My self place is when I connect with anything sacred so if i feel disconnected when i have a challenge i will seek for that i will take the time i will have no judgment about my circumstances no judgment about myself not being harsh on myself and say okay this is what i i need to learn something i don't get it but i will get it at some point so it makes it it makes life easier it makes life you know it's it's sometimes a roller coaster but it's like you have the, the right tool and the right guidance to go through the challenges. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what I hear is, and thank you so much that we are still human, right? Like I still get really mad and really frustrated and act out. And, and that doesn't mean that I, that doesn't negate the work I'm doing. Right. Mm. Um, and what I, what I hear you saying is that it's not, you're not saying that the bad thing is, is glorious. What you're saying is it's, a, it's, it's what happens and then there's what I think about what happens. Exactly. What the, you make it mean. Absolutely. Yeah, the storyline. And, mm. you know, when I was uh, getting married, it, it, was, um, it, was, it was intense. Get, planning a wedding is intense and, and all of the stuff and the money and the things and the people and and pressure and and i really held it as an initiation mm. and it would be it was so easy to sink into it mattered what color the napkins were mm. and in and instead i just kept holding this piece of 
I am being initiated from a single person into, into a family. I'm creating, we are creating a family. And I am being initiated into his family. And he is being initiated into our family. Mm. And that hurts, right? Like it's usually not, you know, when I went from being not a mother to being a mother, that was really painful. <laughs> that birth process <laughs> was really painful. Yeah. And as long as I held this idea that the, this was an initiation, it wasn't going to be this like joyous, super fun, look at my cute dress, but instead a profound movement into these people are becoming my family. My husband, this guy, I, man, I loved is becoming my family. Mm. It made it so different and it made it so, it, it made it worthwhile. Right. And I think, I mean, do you ever think about that in your work? Cause I know divorce is also an initiation. You are, you are undoing that initiation. Do you ever talk about that or use that in your work? Yes, absolutely. Because I, I have a theory about uh, the hurt and the pain. You know, whatever we can talk about divorce, but we can talk about any challenges. So when you go through challenges, and let's talk about divorce, you feel the pain, okay? You feel the hurts. But my theory and what really helped me in my case is what if the hurt and the pain was already there before you get married? before you get triggered about what's going on in your marriage, before you get triggered in what's going on in your relationship. So that perspective for me really helped me to take responsibility about what the hurt is about and what the pain is about. Then my, the, the second thing that I, that I teach to people is what if the pain and the hurt is meant to be? It's meant to be, I know it's difficult to, to think about it sometimes, but it's meant to be because you have to go through the pain. And when you start to embrace the pain, you're not resisting anymore and you say, okay, bring it, on, bring it on. I have to feel that pain. Then it gets easier. And then that's where the, what I call the healing process starts. That's the healing process. And life is a healing process, by the way. That's what I think. <laughs> so, Absolutely. So, um, so yes. So then you start to, to embrace that. And then you start to, everything happening in your life is meant to be, even the pain and even the, even the hurts. Mm -hmm. So, and that gives you some power because that gives you to take responsibility for whatever you make it mean about your life and what happened in your childhood or in your teenage um, time. You know what I mean? So something happened, you have like kind of a trauma. I don't like this term, but kind of a trauma. You've been, you know, you make it mean something about yourself. And what is it, the meaning that you make it mean? So maybe you make it mean, oh, I feel rejected, or I'm not uh, worthy to love, or um, I'm not good enough, whatever, you know, the, 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 the inner dialogue is. And so when you go through challenges in your life, and especially the hurt and the pain, you undo the meaning of all those stories, all those trauma, all those emotional imprints you have in your childhood. And this is a way of uncovering your true self or uncovering a new way of being yourself. So you transcend your challenges, you transcend the pain, you transcend the hurts, 
And then you get to a place where you feel connected with yourself again. That's what I believe in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, I swear to God, this podcast is going to be like 80 hours long because I'm so excited about everything you say. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a couple things that really came forward for me is this one, which is, you know, I have this three-year-old and he is so much my teacher. And when mm. he is mad, he is mad to the core of his madness. Like every mm. bit of him is angry and he will throw himself on the ground and that mad. And he's not. Mm. And he doesn't, I, I, there's no resentment. There's no following out. He doesn't walk through then, you know, holding resentment and punishing me for not allowing him to have the ice cream, right? And, and, and so what I got to, what I see so clearly is this full expression of a feeling. And by the full expression of a feeling, it moves through his body and then it's gone. Absolutely. It's beautiful. And we don't do that, right? I, I, I hold it back. I hide. I don't say anything. And these feelings, these feelings over here are bad. And these feelings over here are good. And these are the ones I want to feel. And these are the ones I don't. And what ends up happening in, in the world, according to me, is, this, is that I have 30 years of anger sitting mm. there that I have not expressed. And then when you cut me off in traffic, it comes out. It's this Absolutely. inappropriateness, this like level of inappropriateness, right? And, mm. and so to start to have these feelings and communicate these feelings in the moment, in an appropriate way, anger is good. Anger is saying in the world according to me, what is happening is not okay. Mm. That's good information. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> and so I really just appreciate this idea that we get to start to take responsibility for our feelings, have them, you know, but it's hard. It would be so, it's so easy. It's such a, a pill, an easy fix to go to. They are horrible. I am right. And that's the end of the story. And then that's it, right? Then I go to have my righteous anger and then I go and do that again until I learn from that lesson, right? <laughs> uh, um, so... Thank you so much for this time. I really appreciate it. There's, again, I just, I enjoy your outlook. I agree with your outlook. It just, <laughs> for me, it just feels, um, it just feels like truth. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and um, so uh, is there anything else that you would like to say that, that you didn't get to say or that you would like people to hear? Well, you are talking about truth, and that's what it is. Mm. Life is being, it's, it's, a, it's an experience of being true to yourself. Mm. But we don't know, we, get, we don't get to know how to do that, except if you are born like in a very spiritual family, and even you're still going through your challenges. So being true to, to yourself is honoring who you are and not who you think you are. And honoring your challenges, honoring your family, honoring your friends, honoring everything in your life. And I think when you start to shift your perspective in that way, that life is, is kind of beautiful. And you can, you can be grateful for whatever it is and whatever you're going through. And you start to appreciate little things, you know, and you start to feel the love. You start to feel the love within yourself, but you start to feel the love within people and i think that's the beauty of life yes yes 
and how do we learn how to teach people over like I, I feel such the stewardness with this small child right and how do I get to allow him to not forget the magic that he's currently experiencing absolutely um, I, do, I do believe kids are our best teachers right oh, absolutely and uh, I'm so grateful that he makes me go out in nature all the time and makes me <laughs> slow down and um, yeah I'm really really lucky um, so I think you're an amazing coach. I think that anyone who is in the throes of divorce um, and would look for that kind of or any kind of support to do things differently and to try and really do it consciously and heal would benefit from your help. So I would love for you to say how people can get a hold of you. They can contact me. They can go on my website. So my website is happily divorced coaching. Mm-hmm. I am also present on Facebook and Instagram mm-hmm. and I do a private coaching one-to-one. I do some workshops and I'm, uh, I'm going to start a new program in the next two months uh, about a group coaching. Uh, yeah. So people can find me online. Most nice. of the time. Great. And all of those links will be in um, at, the, at the website and the podcast notes so that, where, however you're listening to this podcast, you will be able to um, get links to all of those things so that you can, you can if, if you were called to work with Eric, please, by all means, contact him. Thank you very much, Leslie. I do appreciate this conversation. It was delightful. And, uh, and thank you for being such a great interviewer. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate you sharing yourself with us. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode of Spirituality Out Loud. Be sure to rate us, review us, and like us on Facebook, and share us with your friends.